Welcome everyone, I'm Joel Van Hoogen and this is The Bread of Life, a radio ministry of the International Mission Church Partnership Evangelism and its associate fellowship, The Bread of Life Church in Boise, Idaho. To learn more about how God is using us to equip and engage the body of Christ in personal evangelism, discipleship, and church planting, go to traincpe.org. And to learn more about our local church, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Well, we're back into our archives again, 20 years back, as we continue a consideration of the life of Matthew. The Gospels make it plain that Matthew, one of the twelve apostles, had been a tax collector. It's an important bit of information. This meant that Matthew was a member of the dregs of his society. To be a tax collector, you had to be a cheat, a liar, a thief, and a traitor. And everyone knew this was the case. No righteous person would be found in a tax collector's company, only the moral cast-offs of society would seek their companionship. They were a despised and hated group. They were sinners. Yet this is what the Bible says Matthew was. He was a tax collector. When men saw him, they could point at him and identify the man's sins. But when Jesus saw him, we learn today that he saw something significantly different. And what Jesus saw made all the difference in the world to Matthew. Matthew chapter 9, beginning in verse 9. As Jesus passed forth from there, he saw a man, and actually it could be read this way, he saw the man named Matthew sitting at the tax office. And he said unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. And other accounts you'll read in Mark and also in Luke say that he arose and left all that he had and followed him. And it came to pass, as Jesus sat eating in the house of Matthew, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why eateth your master with tax collectors and sinners? But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that are well do not need a physician, but they that are sick. But go and learn what that means. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Matthew was a sinner. Matthew systematically and regularly, in order to feed his own desires, broke the law of God. Matthew daily coveted what other men had. Matthew daily lied about what other men owed. Matthew daily stole from other men. He was an outcast. He was a sinner. And he found his company in the presence of other tax collectors and those who fit in with them, prostitutes, murderers, riffraff, societal lowlifes. This is who Matthew was. And when men would pass by the Sea of Galilee and the town of Capernaum and pass by Matthew's booth that would have been up along the shoreline in order that he could tax the boats that were there along the sea, when they saw Matthew and they looked at him, they would have said as they saw him, there is a tax collector. And in saying it, they would say it like you would say, there is a prostitute or there is a pornographer or there's a thief. And they would have been accurate. And that's what they would have seen. And that's what they reported having seen. And yet what men see and what God sees are usually not the same thing. 
And that's where our story begins. This is a good place to really understand the story of Jesus as Matthew, is to see what Jesus saw as opposed to what men saw. Now, there are four things I want to talk to you this morning about. First, I want to talk about Jesus and his unusual insight. The second thing I want to talk about is Jesus and his transforming power. The third thing is Jesus and his calling. And the fourth thing is Jesus and those he is called to, or we might put it this way, I like this better, Jesus and his primary attraction, or what attracted him. Let's look at the first point here. Jesus and his unusual insight. Go back to verse 9, and we read something here that helps us understand something about the unusual insight that Jesus had. It says here that as Jesus passed forth from there, you see that? As Jesus passed forth from there, it tells us that something has just happened prior to this event. We have this account also given to us in Mark chapter 2. It's the story of Jesus coming back into the city of Capernaum, coming into his own house, and there people were cramming into the house to hear him speak and to come near to him, and the different religious leaders are there to check him out as well. And while he's speaking in the home, individuals climb up onto the roof of his house because they can't get in through the doorway, and they pull the thatch off of the roof of his house, and by ropes that they've attached to a cot, they lower a paralytic man down into his presence, a man who's crippled. And as the man is being lowered down into his presence, and as everyone is watching this event, now this is a very public event. The roof is literally opening up before them, and the dust is flying around, and as it clears up, they see this cot being lowered down. And a man whom they recognize, because he's, he's been around them in the city for a number of years, and he's been paralyzed for a number of years. And what they see is they see a man who is paralyzed either by a wasting disease or a man who has been paralyzed by some tragic event. They see a person who is a cripple who needs to be made physically whole. That's what they see. But Jesus looks at the exact same man as he is being lowered down before him. He sees the same man that they're seeing, but what Jesus sees is a man who is crippled by the crushing weight of sin on his life. He sees a man who is loaded down with guilt. They see a man who needs to be made physically well. Jesus sees a man who is a sinner who needs to be made clean, who needs to be forgiven, who needs to be touched. Jesus could just as easily see this in our lives. You see, Jesus could go out on the street and see the average man walking along the street and you might see a man in a nice suit or in a casual attire. You might see a man with a beard or a woman with a brand new haircut. It doesn't matter what you see. What Jesus sees when he sees these individuals is he sees behind the cologne and the tie and the suit, he sees behind maybe the man's bleached white teeth, a sinner who regularly disobeys the law of God. What's the primary law of God say? What was the number one law? Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and your mind and your strength. And the second one is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, this sums up the whole of all the laws that are given in the Bible. And every law or law that a man has unto himself, those instincts he has within himself to do the right thing, the description of what that right thing ultimately boils down to is loving God with all you have and loving others as yourself. And men regularly break this law of God, therefore they're sinners. This sin brings upon men guilt. It brings upon men condemnation. And this is the load that man carries, and Jesus sees the load that is on every man. And this is the greatest disease of a man's heart. We need to understand this. You see, 
This man who was paralyzed, whatever his physical ailment was, the greatest ailment that an individual has is the ailment of sin. Because it not only brings about physical death, this sin unaddressed in his life brings about, finally, eternal death. It brings about hell. It brings about judgment. Jesus spoke of this. It brings about a constant suffering where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth and endless suffering. Now let's understand Jesus. We call him the great physician. And the role of a good physician is to relieve suffering wherever he finds it. And so when Jesus sees this man who everyone else identifies simply as a paralytic who needs to be healed physically, Jesus sees the greatest point of his suffering and his need, and he wants to relieve it. And so as the man is being lowered into place, everyone else saw a crippled man, but Jesus saw a sinful man. Everyone else saw a paralytic. Jesus saw a sinner. Everyone else saw a physical need being lowered before him. Jesus saw the greatest need of all. And so the great physician acted to heal this man of his sins, to cleanse him of his unclean, festering, mortal wound, the wound of his soul, and then to show that he had power to heal him of his sins and to cleanse him, he healed him of his physical need as well. Jesus said, your sins are forgiven you. In order that you might know that I have the power to forgive sins, I say this also to you. Get up, take up your bed, and go home. And the man did. Now it's after this that we read that it was from this place that Jesus passed forth from there to the next scene that we come to in our passage. And now we have Jesus, the one who sees what men do not see, leaving this place and going to another place. And now he passes by the booth of Matthew. And there in that booth is a man who everyone would look at and say, there's a tax collector, there's a sinner. And that's what they would say. That's how they'd identify them. And they'd be right. And now Jesus goes by the same place and he looks at the same booth. And now let's see what Jesus saw. It says in the passage, when Jesus went from that place, he saw, and in the Greek it reads this, he saw the man, Matthew. You see? Everyone else saw the tax collector. Everyone else saw the sinner. Everyone else saw the betrayer of Israel. Everyone else saw the cheat and the coveter and the liar and the thief. And when Jesus saw the person, we read, it says, Jesus saw the man, Matthew. Now, I think it's in the book of Luke that you read that it says Jesus saw Levi sitting there and what is commonly believed is that Jesus gave Levi another name, just like he said to Simon, I'm going to call you Peter. He said to Matthew, who was known as Levi in the area, Levi, I'm going to call you Matthew. Do you know what Matthew means? Matthew means God's gift. These men saw the tax collector. The other men saw the sinner. Jesus saw the man whom Jesus considered to be God's gift. He saw the man who could be made clean. He saw the man who could be made useful for him. He saw the man who could be made a member of the inner circle of his very own fellowship. That's what Jesus saw when he saw the tax collector, Matthew. Maybe that's reality of what Jesus sees in every person when he looks at them. Maybe when Jesus looks at us, he sees both what he saw in that paralytic man that was being lowered down and what he saw in Matthew. When he sees all of us, he sees our sin, yes. He knows that we are sinners and he knows our sins more than anyone else. 
But when he looks at us, he does not simply discriminate between one sinner and the next. He doesn't say, here's a sinner, and here's a really, really bad sinner, and here's the worst sinner of all. He sees our sin. He knows. He knows that within our hearts that we have dwelling in us that common experience that there is none righteous, no, not one. He knows that all of us have the poison of asp underneath our tongues. He knows that none of us seek after God. He knows that all of us carry about us a life that's filled with misery and destruction and that on our feet he sees the swiftness that is ready to shed blood in any place. He sees sin and he sees the sinner. Every person he sees this. But also, when he sees us, he sees, be comforted, he sees the man. He sees the woman. He sees you. He sees the special personality that he framed and molded in your mother's womb. He sees the special ability, the special nobility that he placed in you when he impressed you with his very own image. He sees not only what you are as a sinner, but he sees the human being who has been made in the image of God, and he sees all of your potential, and he sees you as God's gift. He sees beneath the sickness that plagues the soul, the ability to be made clean and what you can be. He sees how you can soar to peaks of the highest possible human potential by his touch. And that's what Jesus sees when he looks at your life. He sees it all. So be encouraged. Thanks for listening to The Bread of Life, a ministry of Church Partnership Evangelism and the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. I want to extend to you a welcome to join our worship every Sunday at 11 a.m. in the Old White Church at 1023 East State Street in the Warm Springs area of Boise. To learn more, go to breadoflifeboise.org and follow the links. Until the next time, may God bless you.